Treasure Planet was nominated for an Oscar. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Was that a joke? What's that? Was it, was it nominating, getting nominated for an Oscar a joke? No, it was nominated in 2002 for animated feature. No, I know that, but I was just wondering. Oh, if... yeah, it's pretty much a joke. I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks this movie should be nominated for an Oscar. But I am your host, Stevie, and tonight we are spoiling the 2001 Colossal. Actually, was it 2002? 2002. Yep, 2002 Colossal Disney Failure Treasure Planet. <laughs> Um, I'm going to kick it around to you guys. Have you ever seen this movie before? Like, we actually had to watch it for this podcast. Let's just go from uh, west to east. So start with Pap. Hey, now. Pappy, we're going from Denver, Colorado. Yeah, I hey just now. watched it a couple <laughs> months ago. And uh, and uh, I think that's why when I rented it on Amazon, I only had 72 hours to watch it. Because when I rented it, it said resume play, even though I would not watched it again. But that's what, what did you run it for? <sighs> it's a long story. We were gonna push the podcast, Brett rented it, and Brett and I tag team these sometimes because he's my good friend. And I love Brett very much. <laughs> That's not a joke. I love Brett very much, but things got a little heated in the thread over whether or not to push this podcast. But I'm glad we're doing it on draft day. <laughs> all, all I did was ask. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I'll go. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen this movie before. I might have, but uh, that was probably a very long time ago. So this was kind of like a first watch, first time watch for me. Nice, Josh. How about you? Uh, definitely not. I don't think there were very many people that have watched this. And on the not internet, in the states, not in the states. This movie is basically about as hard to find as Treasure Planet itself. So, <laughs> part, of, part, part of the reason, but I don't. I uh, I use YouTube. I rented it on YouTube SD. So first time SD. watching. <laughs> it's a dollar less SD from HD, so it's kind of a no brainer. Hmm, I thought the movie looked really cool. So, Brett. So Mikey, Mikey's up, right? Did, did Mikey, Mikey go? Went. Yeah, I didn't want. Well, Mikey, I didn't Oh man, sorry, I was watching. The video of the guy beating the other dude in high school. Um, Boo! Uh, this is Brett from Fort Wayne. I had never seen this movie before. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? We'll talk about it. <laughs> I think it's. Was there a question? This has been a flat if I've seen it? beginning for spoilers. Brett, could you stop watching TV while you're doing? Yeah, that? can you Brett? stop watching Men in Tights get drafted and become millionaires? <laughs> What if I was watching Robin Hood Men in Tights? Would you be mad? No, actually encourage it. I'd be really but confused, not. but not mad. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago during Aladdin, I was watching Aladdin while we were potting, so I'm just good at this, all right? Wait, you were watching Aladdin while we were potting on Aladdin? Yeah. On my phone. Yeah, I have Treasure Planet on in the background while we pod. kind of like it. The you kind of just follow. You kind of follow along with how you're, what you're talking about. The Martin Short character just said a dumb joke, so that's what part of the movie it is to be specific. <laughs> it's pretty Pat. much the same thing as watching a guy in high school beat up another guy. Is that what you said you were watching, Brett? The the guy who just got drafted. He got arrested in high school for absolutely kicking the crap out of some dude, and it was on videotape. Whoa. That's why he was like a top five, top ten player, and he got drafted like nineteenth. So he dropped a little bit. Tough life. He probably needs that student loan reimbursement. Damn. <laughs> He's been arrested more than that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I had uh, I only seen this movie once. This is like when I was in high school. It's probably like four years after it came out. And I remember not being very fond of it. But uh, since me and Pat have been doing a deep dive on Disney for the past two years or so, I actually really appreciate this movie. So, Pat, since you seem so excited to talk about this movie, how does it open up? <laughs> yeah. I'm... Uh... The opening has some kind of cool parts to it. I'm not going to lie. There's a a young Jim Hawkins and the the setting of this it's like the well like it opens up with a story within a story much like uh Aladdin also directed by Ron Clemens and John Musker. Um but this time it's a picture book uh or a video book and it's the story of uh, what's the captain's name? Um uh, Flint, Flint, yeah, Captain Flint, Flint, yeah, and he's uh 
plummaging the the high space <laughs> seas, uh, getting some treasure. And Laurie Metcalf comes in and and talks to young uh, young Jim Hawkins and said, "Oh, I thought you were in bed." And there's like a stitch in the corner of of his room, and uh, it's like a I don't know how would you describe it. It's like a it's like futuristic, but it's also like steampunk before cyberpunk? steampunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah steampunk, cypunk. Yeah, exactly. And he he sneaks off, or or she reads part of the story to him, and then uh, he goes under the covers. And it's uh, this is kind of a cool transition. I'll give this movie some credit here, where it's twelve it cuts years to him, later. Yeah, it cuts to him like space surfing around in more steampunk area. I thought that scene where they were in the bedroom was kind of Disney at its finest. Uh, it's pretty touching. The young boy, and she's like giving him a raspberry on his tummy and stuff. The hot mom. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's sweet. <laughs> it's sweet. <laughs> and it it set some stakes for the characters. I thought that was a good thing this movie did. Yeah, and it's kind of cool too because like I think a lot of Disney movies open with like a storybook type thing, but it's usually some kind of like third party narrator. And this time it was actually like and it's incorporated. Just writing. In, yeah, incorporated into the story that it was like, oh, this kid's reading the book that like takes us into the story. So that was a nice touch. Uh, Ron and John do know what they're doing to some extent. On the clearest of nights, when the winds of the Ethereum were calm and peaceful. with their cargoes of Arcturian solar crystals felt safe and secure. Little did they suspect that they were pursued by... pirates. And the most feared of all these pirates was the notorious Captain Nathaniel Flint. overtaking its prey. James Pleiades Hawkins. I thought you were asleep an hour ago. Mom, I was just getting to the best part. Please. Oh, can those eyes get any bigger? Except how much screen time is that kid getting? 2018, not sp- 19, not supposed to give the kids that much screen time. He's got his face in that tablet. Hey, she's a single mom. She's trying she's, her hardest. She just got done working on a double, Josh. You're criticizing her parenting? Take the iPad and just watch YouTube for four hours. Mom needs I'm a sure, break. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be doing a lot better if she didn't have student loans piling up. She's trying to become a nurse. <laughs> Did, is the dad gone at that point? Because she, the, the boy seemed pretty happy. And then later she said he's never, he hasn't been the same since his dad no. left. They show a scene later of him running after his dad on like a dock. When he's when he's older, yeah, right? Like, montage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a montage. Oh. But Pap, you are right though. It does have a really smooth transition to his solar surfing, which this is like peak of this movie, going from like the storybook unfolding in front of you to a really cool action scene to solar surfing. And then it just goes steadily downhill. So we go twelve years later. Uh, Jim Hawkins is obviously a troubled youth. He's arrested by these robot cops. And um, his mom is running the Benbo Inn. Does she own this place? Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Don't they live up yeah, above it? Yeah, too. I think that used to be a pretty common thing. He's he's obviously troubled. He has an earring. Is it just <laughs> the one earring or two? He's a street rat. Just like sure. the tiger <laughs> in Aladdin. Yeah. The Cable Wonders <laughs> tiger. One earring. <laughs> He's got a street Ooh. rat tail <laughs> haircut. Yeah. Well, that's, that scene of him riding the solar thing or whatever is a lot like Aladdin's second opening, too, with Aladdin, like showing all his uh, gymnastic skills. Mm-hmm. It's basically what Parkour, it is. Parkouring, yeah. yeah. Which I didn't realize this. This movie was the first movie to ever be released IMAX and like in other theaters. It didn't help any. I mean, this movie obviously bombed miserably, but I thought that was interesting. Well, but, what was it before? It was like you'd have like special IMAX. It, the movies, first one like I ever saw Mike- was like a Michael Jordan documentary. I was going to say the Michael Jordan one. Yeah, yeah. 
I think there's a couple like rock climbing ones too. I don't know. I think that they were just like special movies. And then Disney was like, hey, we should put this really shitty movie on a bigger screen. <laughs> but uh, he's obviously a troubled youth. And we meet some pretty weird characters at the Bembo Inn. Uh, one of them is Dr. Delbert Doppler. Brett, what is he like? Because you're a big Frasier fan, right? Uh, no, I mean, I do. I like Niles a lot. Uh, he's just kind of weird. He does a lot of uh, Freudian slips, which I thought were kind of funny, but I know Pappy didn't like the humor in this movie. Uh, he's just, he wants everybody to know that he's smart, but he's also a bit of an idiot. <laughs> He's, he kind of fumbles over things. And he's Niles. He, he is, yeah, David well, he's less sarcastic. Yeah, David Hyde Pierce. I know, he's a lot less sarcastic like, than yeah, Niles, but... He's like Niles. But uh, he's just a doofy guy. He's pretty harmless. He's pretty nice. Uh, he seems to be pretty helpful to Laurie Metcalf. He looks like he's distantly related to Goofy in the extended <laughs> Disney oh, yeah. universe. <laughs> Good point. Very heavily yeah. related to Goofy. He's Max Goof's uncle. <laughs> Did anybody else like the first? Actually, the first couple times I watched this, I, I was thinking that there's like, there's got to be some sexual tension between him and that's what Corey I thought. Metcalf, but then he just goes away, like he falls in love with somebody else, and that's never addressed again. She says "you" to him. You. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Pardon me, officers. Um, if I might uh, interject here, I am the noted astrophysicist, Doctor Delbert Doppler. Perhaps you've heard of me. No. Uh, I have a clipping. Oh, you're the boy's father. Oh, what? no. Good heavens, no. no. <laughs> you, he's just an old friend of the family. Back off, sir. Thank you, Delbert. I will take it from here. Well, Sarah, if you insist, <clears throat> don't ever let me do that again. But after being uh, somewhat down in the dumps one night, a uh, spacecraft comes flying into the Bembo Inn, and Jim Hawkins goes to check on him. And Josh, who is it, and what does he have? Okay, so Billy Bones walks in, and Billy Bones, like, he's flying a turtle in pretty Billy shirts. Bones. Yeah, he's flying a TIE fighter, I think, and it crashes near their house. And Billy Bones is like this turtle on its dying breath, which is kind of ironic because this is the last movie that actor ever did. It's kind of sad. What's his name? Mm. Patrick McGowan. McGoohan. <laughs> From Braveheart. Yeah, but I I don't know. This is kind of the inciting incident because the turtle delivers a chest. Inside the chest is a bag. Inside the bag is a mini basketball that also doubles as a treasure map. <laughs> hey, mister. Mister, you can there, right? These are coming. Can you hear them? Those gears and gyros clicking and whirling like the devil himself. <laughs> uh, hit your head there pretty hard, didn't you? He's after me, chest. That fiendish cyborg and his band of cutthroats. But they'll have to pray it from old Billy Bones' cold, dead fingers before I... Yeah, um, he obviously has a map and he warns him that the cyborg is coming and not to trust him. Beware the cyborg. Beware the cyborg. And after pretty much unlocking the map and what it is, uh, Jim pretty much thinks it's the answer. To, I mean, it's the key to all their answers, which he thinks is money. And which is kind of true because immediately after this, pirates come and burn burn down the Bembo Inn. Um, so long story short, they go to port to fetch a ship. And... Um, Pappy, what is uh, Emma Thompson's character like? The captain. Okay, we don't skip over the scene in the library, which is like the one of the most cringy humor scenes of all. When uh, go Delbert, go Delbert, go Delbert, go Delbert, go Delbert, and that's you brought up like the humor. That's my biggest problem with the humor is like it takes a lot of imagination to get into this world where you can breathe in space, and there's space whales and black holes are like not really that big of a deal to to sail by like yeah when you ground but then when you ground the humor in like real world references like it takes you out of the movie i think that's like a huge huge problem with it yeah i see that a lot of it was cringe worthy i there were a couple lines i don't remember what they were but 
couple lines made me laugh a little bit. But but anyway, back on the docks, uh, there is one of my favorite jokes where uh, <laughs> uh, Delbert says, you know what familiarity breeds? Contempt, but we'll be okay to Jim Hawkins. And then we meet the, the captain, uh, and she's... She's a pretty, she's a badass. I mean, she's hyper focused. She's she's supposedly one of the best captains uh, in the universe. Uh, not very hands on when it comes to selecting a crew. Which is probably <laughs> a, a fault. She'd probably be a little bit more involved there in in personnel selection. She's got a zip recruiter. It's not a sponsor, <laughs> but yeah, she runs a pretty pretty tight Doesn't ship. Doesn't work. But, uh, yeah. I could tell something bad was going to happen to her the moment we met her because she's like too competent. She needed to like be moved out of the way, like Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series. For like, am I am I starting to read into this movie a little too much? But uh, I think she had to be taken down for a while so that our our hero Jimbo could show his skills. Josh, are you familiar with like the Treasure Planet story at all? Or, like, how, how much exposure have you had? Out of curiosity, Just, uh, very. I don't even want to say because Stevie's going to rip me from Treasure this information. Yeah. Treasure. <laughs> All, all I know is that this was the last like actual Disney air was kind of run out of town for this movie. Maybe Stevie is more qualified to fill in the gaps. No, sorry, I meant I meant like Treasure Island, the base, the the base story. Like, is what I meant to say. Do I know it? Yeah, because I mean, I I just didn't know. Like you said, like you, you figured the captain had to get out of the way. Like, did you see that coming? Because you had read the story at all, or no? Have you no, seen no, any other no. adaptations? Or I, the only Peter Pan stuff I'm super familiar with is is that even treasure island like i don't e- i don't even know honestly i know long john's <laughs> long john silver is uh peter pan's longtime nemesis right that's captain that's hook. captain hook terrible fast oh movie. yeah long john silver's is not terrible it's gross but it's not it's like uh i was like super embarrassed about how little i know about treasure island it took me like an hour before I put together silver and long John silver, I just—that's just how little I know about Treasure Island. I, yeah, I agree with that, and I still Do don't. You guys know ever much watched like Treasure Muppet Island. Treasure Island? No, and Tim yeah. Curry, right? He's great in that, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just as an adult, that movie doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I'm sure none of us have read the book by Robert Louis Stevenson, so don't don't look for any references there. <laughs> it's a book. A what? People read now still? I don't. I used to read all the time. Stevie, though, can you tell us the story behind the movie, though, since we're like kind of here in an awkward spot? Yeah. I mean, so Pappy brought this up, I believe, on Aladdin. Uh, Musker and Clements, right, Pap? Yep. Uh, these guys were like on a run of super Disney successes from Little Mermaid to um, Aladdin, to Hercules. Like, they were, like, putting out hit after hit after hit. And during each time, they wanted to make uh, Treasure Planet. And this kind of came about from this thing that Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, his right-hand man, used to do back in the day, was they would have, like, these, I guess, like, marketing meetings and also, like, storyboard idea meetings, and they call it the Gong Show. And it had to be high concept. And if Katzenberg and Eisner, who used to be, like, I mean, it used to run Paramount, thought it connected too closely to a movie that was done or is coming out, they would say Gong. And Clements back in the day was like, uh, how about we do Treasure Island in space? And they were like, Gong, no, it's too close to um, Star Trek coming out, not going to do it. And Jeffrey That Katz- was like early 90s too, right? It was like a mid-80s. long... Mid-80s. Mid-80s. Yeah, way long ago. Wow. Yeah, way long ago. This is like pre-Little Mermaid. And so after every movie, these two would get together, like their successes of like Little Mermaid, um, Aladdin, Hercules, they would say like, hey, we want to do Treasure Planet. And they say, no, we want you to do this. Hey, I want to do Treasure Planet. No, you're going to do this. And eventually, after Hercules, it was in their contracts that they were going to be allowed to do... Uh, Treasure Planet and Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, who was head of the animation at the time who also had a severe falling out with Michael Eisner who was the CEO of Disney was always against Treasure Planet he was like it'll never work it makes no sense we're never going to do it and after he was fired uh, Michael Eisner who uh, had a giant lawsuit with Jeffrey Katzenberg greenlit it and I agree with Jeffrey Katzenberg this movie should have never been greenlit and it's unfortunate because the animation is so good, 
but it was at this weird point in between standard Disney animation as well as like computer generated animation and it just really came out at the wrong time. I think the most telling shot in the movie of what you're describing is when they're getting onto the docks where we're just at in the plot. They like zoom into the moon. Cut. Zoom into the Mm -hmm. moon and like it turns into like a 3D Death Star. (laughs) How they used to do that was this thing called deep canvassing. Uh, They did it for about three minutes in Tarzan and they would build 3D models like computer wise and like shoot it with a camera. And then animate over what they did with the camera. And it was just really, really expensive. Because this entire movie is pretty much done in deep canvassing. When you're moving a 3D camera like that in space to get your like 2D animated characters to stay tethered to their spot, <laughs> it's got to be a nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's also parts where it looks really cool in this movie as far as the deep canvassing goes. You can tell, like, especially like when Scroop, the spider guy that Brett doesn't like, um, is chasing Jim Hawkins at the end. Like, it, it's really in plain view. Also, with that moonshot, um, do you guys see it anywhere else where you could just tell, like, wow, there's a lot of CGI or computer generated animation going on? Well, the character of Long John Silver is like half computer half hand-drawn right like his android yeah parts everything are... that was like cyborg was computer generated and the other part was 2d animated so i have to imagine it was a nightmare to animate him just alone yeah they I, they computer animated the cyborg parts then rendered it flat and then superimposed it over like the hand-drawn parts so it's like trying to make this movie as expensive as humanly possible <laughs> is what they were trying to do <laughs> Like, I mean, I always know that, like, Walt pushed, like, for, like, breaking new boundaries, but, like, do you guys think this movie just would have been just the same had they done it in standard 2D? I, I don't know. I thought, I might be in the minority, but I thought it looked cool. Oh, it looks amazing, Brad. The animation is absolutely like the colors stunning. were, like, and the colors were amazing, so, I, I don't know. I don't, I think it was just a, I mean, what, they would have saved half their budget and made still no money? I mean, they would have made some money, but I don't know. I, I agree that uh, it, the animation techniques and and whatever is like groundbreaking. Disney is always doing groundbreaking stuff. That's like everybody who doesn't work at a A one <laughs> company or whatever goes to work at Disney if they're not like at the top of their game. So uh, it's definitely like cutting edge techniques and all of that. It's just every, all of the characters are hideous Mm -hmm. like why would i ever want to look at these monsters they're so ugly uh like that's true john silver guy looks like an std personified (laughs) oh my god horrible looking but which one (laughs) the worst one you know which one it is (laughs) and then morph is awful looking too morph looks like herpes or something floating around morph is adorable don't get on morph like that like no he looks like a pimple it's disgusting (laughs) all the character uh design is really awful i really don't like it so i think jgl's character is fine to look at i guess he's just a normal kid with a terrible haircut but (laughs) yeah awful mikey do you think that jim hawkins would have worked better if he were younger that was like the big complaint amongst like critics as well as like people inside Disney is like, why do we need him to be 16? Even younger than he is now? Yeah, like eight or nine. No. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be getting arrested. He'd be able to do the cool stuff. He definitely, yeah, he wouldn't be doing cool stuff. Like getting arrested. And he'd definitely be getting killed by Long John a long time ago. <laughs> Dude, him and his mom look the exact same age at the end, and like they're about to bang <laughs> during Dude, the I, celebration. Scene. I was thinking the exact same thing, and that definitely my thought crossed my mind. Like they look like they're gonna bang. They're like we're the only humans around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I think if he was like eight, Stevie, his mom would have never let him go on that trip. He would have had to sneak out, and then had to rewrite. You know, he's sneaking out to go on this journey as opposed to... Or they could have done the, the Disney thing where go. the mom dies when the pirates arrive. Oh. But then who's he going to bang at the end? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> I was thinking he was like 18 in the whole movie, so... The fact that he's even 16 is like... Well, he's under 18 for sure because they keep saying juvie, 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 juvie so... 
Space juvie. Space juvie. Space juvie. That's the worst. That's the worst kind of juvie. Do you want to go to juvenile hall? Is that it? All right. Well, back to a little bit of the story. I'll kind of hop around here because, I mean, obviously the crew isn't the best. You can obviously tell the bad guy is, which is Scroop, who is voiced by the bad guy from The Crow. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. No. Just parts. You ever seen The Crow? None of you? I've I've seen it, but Just I can't parts. remember the, the bad guy. Jeez. Is that the movie where Bruce Lee's son dies or something? That's the movie. That's, yeah. Oh, in real life. Brandon Lee. Yeah. Is like that the like the parts one, that Brett watched the death scene over and over again? <laughs> no, I just... People love that movie for some I reason. I love that movie. It's like a cult classic. They've been like remaking it for like a decade now, and it never actually happened. It's supposed to be, yeah, Aquaman or something, I think. And then he pulled out. Hmm. But anyway, died before the movie was over. Treasure Planet. We meet the bad guys. <laughs> uh, Jim goes to work for Long John... Um, everything is going somewhat decent. We're introduced to Morph, and uh, Long John and Jim are growing this close, I guess you could say, fatherly son type relationship. And um, oh, eventually, man. they hit a supernova, which who knew that a black hole, that Disney would get a black hole so right now that we just discovered one? <laughs> All you got to do is tie a rope to yourself, and you're fine, though. No big deal. <laughs> Safety restraint. How did they not see it? Pat, break down that scene. Oh, I mean, I don't. They come across this black hole, uh, or at first it's a supernova, and they're they gotta take down the sails, and they're trying to steer through it. The, the captain takes control of the wheel, and they, uh, what's his name, Delbert, uh, figures out the pattern to the bl- to the black hole, uh, which it like devolves into, and he knows there's gonna be one more giant solar pulse, and like, man, this this scene ends really dark because like, oh they, yeah. They they're they're about to ride out this big last pulse to get out of the black hole, and uh, Jim Hawkins or whatever his name is has to double check all of their safety lines that they're tied down, and he does. And then basically right after that, the the hole explodes, and Mister Arrow, who I don't think we've talked about yet, he looks like uh, what's his Thanos? name from the the thing, the thing, from Fantastic or, Four, <laughs> or who, who's the guy from uh, uh, that Thor movie? The newest Thor movie. Oh, uh, oh, Taka's, uh, uh, Taka's character. Yeah, he looks just like that guy. Um, but he uh, gets blasted off the ship, and then, like you mentioned, he's kind of hanging there, and the scorpion guy cuts him loose, and he literally just fucking dies by falling into ah! a black hole. Probably the worst death ever. It's crazy. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> That's nuts. He got Mufasa into a black hole. Yeah, that was like super, super violent. I can only imagine what's happened to his rock body in that black hole being <laughs> torn little pebbles. <laughs> He's a sand. I just assumed he was behind the bookshelf after that happened. Interstellar reference. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's just like, you know, giving some messages in the bookshelf now. They didn't even bother to look. Dang it, I'm going to have to edit that out too. Brian's got to watch that stupid movie. But looking, Sorry, go ahead. looking through the rest of the movie, I think this is like... So important to Long John's or John Silver, whatever his name is, <laughs> like motives for like going back and forth. Like, is he my friend? Is he not? He also one of his guys killed this guy. I can't just forget about that. And he knows about but- it. He shoots him a look after everyone's blaming Jim. Uh, Long John's like, screw. Up. What the hell, man? <laughs> Stick to the plan, bro. <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. Korg like, is the guy's name for Korg, all you yeah. hardcore MCU fans. Oh. Well, I said it three. I said it three minutes ago. I wasn't but, listening to you. And <laughs> some of everyone was talking. I did it like kind of him. So I, that was definitely my bad. A Korg, just like Very you said, cool. Mulan's terrible under your breath while everyone else was talking. Okay, yeah, Brett, what's up with Mulan? I've never seen it. I was just messing around. You said, you guys both said Aladdin's, yeah, Aladdin's probably top 15 or 20 Disney movies. So I probably said, yeah, Mulan sucks because they're both ridiculous statements. It's like when you listen to a uh, Beatles record backwards, you hear Paul is dead. If you listen to the Aladdin episode backwards, you hear Brett say, Mulan is bad. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen it. I will watch it. Anyway, in 10 or 20 years. Steve, I but feel Steve, like you're really I... hurting for content on this episode. <laughs> Treasure <laughs> Planet. Stevie, what did you think about that death? Are I mean, you, Josh, we can just end it, man. What's up? Stevie, what did you think about that death? <laughs> like, 
You've seen I mean, a lot of you've seen a lot of Disney movies. I mean, there's nothing really quite. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing maybe quite something Atlantis, like it. Like Atlantis, Tarzan, this are probably like top three most violent deaths I've ever seen in a Disney movie. Well, Coco too. Dude gets destroyed by a bell. Well, that's hilarious, though. That is hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And plus, in Snow White, the witch gets a boulder dropped on her after she's, after she's struck by lightning. Dude, Ursula gets a like a big old mass Harpoon? through her gut. That's pretty oh, bad. Dude, this dude pretty Tarzan violent. hangs. You see his body you see swinging the shadow from a of rope. His body swinging. That's that is pretty There's, nuts, man. But what about this guy, Stevie? Like, I mean, I don't know. How does it compare for you? Oh uh, well, it's not a villain. So it has to be like up there with Mufasa, where it's like a main character just like dies like that. It's pretty shocking, and also I think it's a part of like a struggle with this movie is they have no idea how to market it because it's kind of dark for kids. I wish they would yeah. have gone more dark. Like we've spoiled a couple of Miyazaki movies, and like they range from like Spirited Away, which is for like more little kids, to like Princess, <laughs> Princess Mononoke, which is for adults. I wish Disney had the balls to make a PG thirteen movie, but. It's almost like they were too financially committed to, to like, cut yeah. out the capital that would have cost them. Like, make him 18 and smoking space cigarettes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing death, ships or something. Sticks. Yeah. Death sticks. <laughs> Doing something cool. He's just washing dishes this whole movie. It's really Washing dishes, lame. peeling potatoes, scrubbing the deck. Purple lemons hiding in barrels. I mean... Well, it's not as creepy as... Uh, What's the first podcast I did with you guys? Castle in the, the animated Sky? Ma- yeah. That dishwashing scene was pretty creepy where all those guys were like super in love with that eight-year-old girl. So this, at least this dishwashing was not as creepy as that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I brought that up. I just felt like bringing that <laughs> creepy scene up. We stopped watching the draft. <laughs> I'm not. My team, my, my Packers traded up. I'm, my team's done, man. Well, Jim eventually finds out that Long John is bad, and that's when the whole crew mutinies, and they arrive on Treasure Planet. Uh, From here, sides are definitely drawn, and that's when Jim comes across Ben, uh, voiced by one of my favorite comedians ever, Martin Short. Josh, what's Ben like? Josh Gab. Yeah, he he sounds a lot like Josh Gab. Um, Man, I could not. That's all I get to go. Stevie, I was commenting on the movie earlier not your podcast skills dang bro anyway stay in your lane on. bro guess ben. we can't edit that out now <laughs> good work ben, ben is <laughs> no we got to keep that great content ben is like b-e-n something something system i don't know that's wrong but he's like uh big annoying nerd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> robot. he plays like your iago sort of character like he just won't shut up people are constantly telling him to shut up he's like uh, uh, yeah, he's got what? Like, so his big arc is that he has part of his brain missing, a la the Wizard of Oz, kind of. So they got to find his brain later on. Dude. Dude, he's like Josh Gad in Frozen, but he did like a line of cocaine. <laughs> I thought they were trying That's to like, do Genie so hard. He, yeah, no, I thought it was, I, we both thought it was like a mix of like Genie and what is it, Olaf? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't stand Olaf. You don't like Olaf? Such a terrible. <laughs> Terrible I freaking like Olaf. character. Olaf it's funny. sings like what's the line that he has? Like, are you, I dance with a robot. Did I named dance Lupe? with a robot named Lupe? Was I ever dancing with an android named Lupe? Ben. Oh my god, he's so he's way way too much in this movie. He's he's got to be the worst character. So why do you think? I mean, do you think it was like a last second add on, Pap? Kind of, yeah, right. Feels that way. I mean, I don't know anything about like a toy. Yeah, the story. Like, yeah, but yeah, exactly, Mikey. It feels like they're trying to sell a toy, like trying to make it more palatable for children. Um, Well, I think that's my main criticism. Maybe for the movie is it seems maybe overwritten in too many characters. Ben being one, probably Mister Arrow. Mm -hmm. Like, does he really need to be part of it? Yeah. Uh, Yes. And maybe those are book references. I'm not getting so. That's a good point because you brought up Muppet Treasure Island, and that's one of my honestly like one of my favorite childhood movies, like one of the movies I watched the most. And they just totally cut out Ben Gunn completely. And I know that he's <laughs> in the book, and I don't know, I don't know anything about the book, like I said, but like I think he is a robot in the book. 
He's really? definitely a guy who's been mutinied on the island. He's not a robot. There's no robots that's, in the 19th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just joking, man. It's 1880s. I'm just yeah. messing around. A, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, you could so easily cut him. There's no. You have a treasure map. I don't know what function Ben yeah, serves to the story. Like, I was thinking, no, they needed him because he needed to tell them about the booby trap. But like, it, even if he wasn't there, the booby trap would have gone, and it would have yeah. just surprised everyone still. So yeah, it wasn't necessary. Maybe it was just like. Hey, we have a chance to get Martin Short in this movie. Let's get him in. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, apparently John Lovitz was busy. <laughs> oh God, that would have been awful. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> God, that would have been terrifyingly amazing. Free. But I think uh, Eisner had a lot to do with this too, because he was like championing this movie hard, and when he was looking through the rough cuts. He constantly kept saying, it's too dark, it's too dark, it's too dark. I don't know who to market this to. It's too dark. And I think, honestly, Ben came out of the exact saying, you need to add someone in there. Like, that's funny. I wish Disney, mm-hmm. yeah, like Pap said, just leaned into the dark sometimes. <sighs> just accept just it. go for it. I think they might start doing that stuff now that they own everything. I would hope that they try to do something like that just lean in one of these movies just like make one for like a 20 year old like make an animated movie for like a young 20 year old or something just make it dark as hell or something dark bloody and gory that'd be so awesome yeah do something different but yeah what do i know i don't know well anyway um i really hate the last part of this movie it's very annoying especially with ben uh and martin short it just really becomes chaotic and everything happens really fast uh, especially with them actually getting to Treasure Planet, um, like inside its core. Brett, what's like, I thought the animation in this part was amazing, especially with all mm-hmm. the gold and kind of the technology around it. Did you like the inner core of it? Yeah, no, I, yeah, the treasure, everything looked amazing. I want to just touch on what you said. Like, I feel like the moment they got off the ship, like it was all super forgettable. Very. I, th- I mm. thought the stuff on the ship was pretty cool. And like we talked about earlier, the earlier stuff before the ship was cool, but like the third act on the treasure planet, so I mean, it's the freaking name of the movie. It was just, it was just like, I don't know. It just we're going to go do this and we're going to do this and we're going to yeah, do this. It was so, it's- it was so vanilla. And, but yeah, once they get in the core, that was really cool. Uh, the, like the fire and lava looked really cool. And some of those people died horrible deaths in there too <laughs> well i i mean i didn't note that it reminded me of aladdin too like when they're chasing the treasure map yeah. it reminded me of the yeah. beetle thing that we talked about on aladdin it's like almost straight out of that to like find where the core is but this would you i mean i thought what you think about yeah, the space I gate the, uh, i like the space gate that was I, pretty I was cool, space gate was cool. The, yeah is that the uh the little warp thing mm-hmm. i mean i don't know what it's called yeah, I was gonna say, that's pretty cool like that yeah, I thought that was really cool, a cool concept. Like him actually going through and showing all those worlds a couple times. That was uh, that was pretty cool too. Uh yeah, that whole that part was pretty cool. I mean, it was very crazy and frenetic at the end. Um I just kept saying, You guys have pockets, put some gold in your pockets. <laughs> like he did. they were like all in they had like an I know they did, but it was like a snake. It's like they were all had like an all or nothing mentality. <laughs> it's like, we're either going to take all this treasure or we're going to get none. Now you find out, you know, Hawkins could have snatched a couple of those rubies in gold, but he didn't. So I don't know. Thought that was kind of annoying, but everything looked really cool to answer your question. Gosh darn communist Jim Hawkins. <laughs> At this point in time, Silver still wants to kill Jim, right? Because... They've been trying to kill each other back and forth. Also a weird reversal, yeah. I don't know if he wanted to kill Jim. I thought he... He, he just yeah. says, I've I've been at this for too long to give up now or to fail now. But, I mean, he kept keeping an eye on Jim. He kept looking for him. It's like Thanos and Gamora, except he doesn't throw Gamora <laughs> off the cliff. That's Mark, we are so out of here! The seventh wonder of the universe. Get back! I like you, lad. But I've come too far to let you stand between me and my treasure. It's like their life's work. And that is another bad right. point about this movie is... I, that's like, the is, thing this is, the, I, is this the first child uh, John Silver has ever met? 
there's no reason for I, I don't get his soft maybe, spot. Maybe he just saw mm-hmm. something in him, and he actually like the turning point for him is when he found out that the guy uh, Jim's dad left him. Yeah, yeah. Like but that's when he like you see it on his face. Like he's like, oh, he's tried to shoot him multiple times after that. And also, though. Jim saved him when they were like going like towards a supernova, like in the middle. But when he yeah, threw I mean, him a rope. To Josh's point, that that was something I thought about a lot when I was watching it for this podcast. It's like all you need is, and I was trying to see like, is there a line? All you need is one little line of like when when uh, Silver says like, "Didn't your dad teach you?" And then Jim sit, like looks dejected, and all Silver has to say is, "You know, my dad wasn't around either." And boom, there's the motivation, and then it all makes sense. That's true. One That's true. line fixes that character's motivation problem. <laughs> Except it doesn't fix his awful face. <laughs> Mike, you bring up a good point because um, this movie went up against uh, Harry Potter. I think the, the first, first Harry Potter. The first Harry Potter. Uh, it went up, Santa, went up against Santa Claus 2, which was another Disney movie. And the thing that kind of sucks is um, they had a contract with McDonald's for toys. Um and they were contracted where it had to come out on that date, no matter what. It was a mistake. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. Like, what toys would be good from this movie? Everyone is so ugly. My grandma <laughs> actually had a little morph uh, squeegee thing. And, like, really? when you squeezed it. Yeah. I, I don't, I have no idea where you, she got it. Like, I, we, I never saw this movie as a child, but I remember it being. In her house, in her computer room. Grandma Norma, Grandpa Jim, shout out. I could think of a toy that could have sold well to younger kids. Like Jim that has like detachable, that little thing he's flying at the, the beginning. The solar surfboard? Like, you know, like the old toys used to have like holes in them and then you'd pop them in to like little grooves and you could like ride around on that and then take them off. I don't mm, know if that... I would have put Mr. Arrow on that bad guy and zip around. <laughs> <laughs> the best toy is the stitch cameo in the beginning to sell stitches <laughs> that's, that's all you need to do I want a horrible dog monster uh, <laughs> Long John Silver you guys we can't judge a movie on its lack of marketable toys though uh, that's but true Disney literally does that's Star Wars that's literally what they judge their that's films on that's why Ben is in the movie <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah, uh, they find Ben's brain, and he's pretty much alerting to everybody that uh, Flint booby-trapped this place to go because if he couldn't have his treasure, no one else could. And that's when the inner core starts to go. And they spent a lot of money on this part. when They're trying to get off the planet, yeah. and Jim has to go Tony Hawk across Treasure Planet's core. Uh, Brett, what this look like? Because it looks expansive. That whole last like ten minutes of scene of the movie seemed really expensive. Like the whole treasure, the lava, and then them going through all the little doing Aladdin on I mean, steroids. Yeah, very Cave of Wonders esque. Yeah, it was. It's hard to describe what was going on. It's just crazy. The world's blowing up. There's like rockets <laughs> flying everywhere. Like it just looks crazy. So JGL's yeah. kite surfing again. Yeah. I mean, even down to, like, the first-person shots, it's exactly like the Cave of Wonders. I hated when he's uh, surfboarding again, and he goes down into the pit, and he has to, like... Supercharge it? Scrape? He, scrape yeah, he it. scrapes it scrape to it, start yeah. it. Scraper bike it? I mean, this is... This, it's not a reference... <laughs> it's not a reference to anything in the movie. What he's doing, like, defies... It's just magic anyway. So I, I didn't get what... Uh, they don't have space helmets. Everything is magic. Nothing makes any sense. <laughs> is it just to show that Silver had like completely come around on him? Because he's like, come on, Jim. Come on, Jim. I don't know. Then again, he didn't want to die. So I don't mind if he has like a hiccup in his plans. I just think it could have been better written. How would you have written it, Josh? I would have... Uh, in his uh, in his first journey on the sale at the very beginning of the movie, I would have had him get like hung up on something there, so he like learns a lesson mm. and, and maybe avoids mm. it or doesn't get hurt as bad from it this time around. Something like that. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Disney, when they come out with an animated movie, they don't write scripts. 
Like they don't like flesh out scripts and then start the movie. They like they like storyboard it first they or co- whatever. They then- come up with the idea, green light it, and then storyboard until it works. Isn't that what Mizugaki does? Yeah. Or did with Spirited Away? Miyazaki? Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> what is Mizugaki Mitsubishi? Yeah, that's exactly how he, that's how he makes his cars. I think his name, yeah. yeah. So why does that turn out great. great products like Aladdin, which we did two weeks ago, but such crap products like this? Is it just a hit or miss thing? With the same directors, yeah. Um, well, Disney's put out a lot of good movies, and like... A lot of their movies in the beginning were just literally stolen from previous stories that they copyrighted into their own. And yeah. I mean, same with like Little Mermaid. Um, Lion King was pretty much a shot for shot retelling Hamlet. of Bambi. Um, then uh, Beauty and the Beast was a story beforehand. But Michael Eisner, was, he was, when he was running Disney, was a huge fan of high concept. Pretty much you could describe the movie an entire sentence and go. And at this point, after Jeffrey Katzenberg left the animation department, he wanted an animated movie, like one animated movie a year, sometimes two. And before that, it was like an event when Disney came out with an animated movie. It was like once every three to four years. So I think it was just really rushed. Well, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like Stevie, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Like, the corporate culture of Disney really does affect the product that shows up on screen. And I think, like you were mentioning, like at this point, it was pretty fucking toxic. Like Katzenberg didn't have a great culture, even though the movies turned out great. But once he left, things just got pretty rough. And it's, it's basically until Iger takes over. And what's the Me Too guy's name from Pixar? Uh, oh god just call him that i'm reading about him right now the me too guy from pixar takes over like it's literally like once the change in management happens is it the quality of film uh changes quite a bit it does um and there's also like i honestly think john lasseter sorry john lasseter there we go i honestly think uh, eisner greenlit this movie to try to get one up on jeffrey katzenberg because Eisner was in charge of uh, all live-action movies at Disney, and Katzenberg was in charge of all animated movies. And <laughs> all of Eisner's live-action were just, like, colossal failures. And Flubber. Katzenberg was just on fire. I mean, he started the Renaissance. And after he left, I think he just wanted to kind of show Katzenberg that he could do it on his own, and that was not the case with this movie. Stevie... I didn't do much research for this movie, a la me not knowing about Treasure Island and the difference between Captain <laughs> Hook and Long John Silver. But when I did do a little Hush tiny puppies, bit of research, bro. it seemed like mm. the first comments were all about this being about Roy Disney, the like younger one. And you haven't mentioned him at all. Well, I feel bad for Roy. Um, Roy was the son of uh, Walt's brother. He was Roy Jr., pretty much. And... Uh, he was kind of the de facto middle guy in the animation department. So when Eisner or Katzenberg had an issue, all the animators would like go to Roy and he would pretty much talk everybody, you know, off the ledge. And um, Roy, unfortunately, was a big, big champion of this movie as well. And it doesn't help that he championed the Black Cauldron, which was also another Disney failure, uh, very hard. So I don't know. I kind of feel bad for Roy because I honestly think he got mistreated by this regime who's the guy who left in the 80s and made a bunch of successful movies like uh, all dogs go to heaven and stuff that uh, i don't know is that a completely what is his name? unrelated thing no i mean yeah this was way after that but like he's the guy who like five five and american go uh, american tale and anastasia stuff. yeah he did like all of those i don't remember papa papa <laughs> sad <Spider>. movies <laughs> There are no cats in America. But yeah, so, I mean, to get somewhat back on track of this movie, um, Long John gives Jim some gold to reopen the Benbow Inn. Uh, Dog Man and Cat Woman, Emma Thompson, and I forget, Dr. Delbert end up together. And uh, Jim seems to be on the straight and narrow now. And everyone seems happy. And there's a cloud of Long John Silvers in the sky with hush puppies all around. <laughs> oh, my God. That was awful looking. <laughs> I hated that. 
after Jim comes back from Space Marine Corps or whatever, Space he, looks up Corps. The, he looks up into the sky and sees a cloud of Long John Silver with his horrible, ugly face and clouds <laughs> winking down on Jim and like fades into the darkness. It's horrible looking. 500 people probably worked look. on that scene, Mikey. <laughs> Steve, there's one part that you skipped over, it's though. Because it's such I'm, an ugly co- character. I'm curious because you're like the biggest proponent of this movie. Like, did you feel any feels when? And and I asked because it's such an emotional moment in Muppet Treasure Island, even. But when Jim Hawkins decides to decides to let Long John Silver go, did you feel anything there? Or were you were you over it? I wasn't over it. Um, actually, liked those scenes quite a bit. Anything with Long John and Jim, I liked a lot. Uh, I just liked those scenes, especially when he was talking about like the sun hitting him and whatever, like the rays coming off him, and hope he, he hopes he'll be there. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't really get emotional at the end when he let him go. Is Jim Kermit? No, no. Jim's a human. Kermit's the captain. There's two uh, humans, the rest are Muppets. Yeah. Gonzo so and the Rizzo good guy and the bad there. guy and everyone else in between. Yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. That sounds like a, something I should it's watch. It's really soon. good. Like, I mean, really, really good. Sam the Eagle roll call is one of my favorite Muppet scenes ever. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> Fab, you've seen it. It's hilarious. It's really good. And, Brett, the guy you were talking about is Don Bluth, by the way. Yeah, I was, re- I was reading about yeah. it a little bit. Uh, yeah, so did some stuff with Spielberg. Yeah, that was pretty much Treasure Planet, Disney's very misguided 180 million dollar venture. Um, Tune in next week for the Black Cauldron. Oh God, <laughs> I kind of like that movie. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, don't people like that movie? I kind of like that it. A good movie. Is it's not it, good. Uh, Pappy, oh, is, is good? this movie better than Atlantis? Uh, no, I. You have them like right next to each other, I guess. So this movie's yeah, better than Atlantis. your rankings. No, Atlantis is much better than this. Yeah, no, but you 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 uh, rated those, and then you rewatched this, and you gave it a better rating. So you still feel that way? Is it yes or no time, Stevie? Is that what we're doing? Because I can. Oh, so you guys have anything else to add? I think we stretched this pretty long already. <laughs> All right, let's get into yes or no's. Yeah, I'll go ahead and just, yeah, what Brett said, like, the first time I watched this, I fucking hated it, like, detested it. And even up until, like, a couple days ago, I was texting, side texting Stevie and kind of talking shit about this movie, like, making fun of him <laughs> for picking it. But I'm not going to lie, on this rewatch, the, the parts that really bother me, which are a few of the characters, the, the forced humor, like, you don't think about them as much. And, like, I just kind of, like, watched it from my bed and like had like a speaker like next to me and like i just appreciated like the way it looked and it's gonna be a soft no but like i did raise my rating quite a bit maybe a little bit too much but it looks really really great and if you're if you're a student of disney i think there'll be things that you appreciate especially like the story that of the production of this that stevie alluded to but but man there's just some annoying annoying characters in it and i don't know if the animation style can make up for that i I would i would ponder the question though like if we just scrubbed off the name disney put miyazaki and then had some like subtitles and we were watching this in another language would we hate it as much i don't know maybe not like that's kind of an interesting question to ask but the product that's in front of us for me is a soft no unfortunately brett oh uh yeah you know I give this a soft yes. I enjoyed it. I know call Guinness, call the New York Times. Brett likes a movie and voted yes. But, <laughs> you know, I said it's it's not great. It's not bad. It was just, it was just very was okay. forgettable. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it looked really cool. And it's just, it was fun. I, I liked the ending. I, I know it was weird and it doesn't really explain it, but I like the dynamic between silver and jim and you know that might be a movie i watch somewhere down the line or show your my my kids or your kids you know whatever what? you however you want to do that but kind of scenario. brett i would but, love for you to babysit my kids uncle brett <laughs> 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 let me know when you have some i'll, I'll be there right. mikey 
Uh, this is a no dog. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything about this movie at all. And I, I hate the character design, and I really didn't care for the soundtrack either. I think we didn't talk about some BB of the cheesy, Mac, man. cheesy songs that I are love in this movie. BB Mac. Uh, and I, I don't know. There's something about like I guess if you're gonna go with the the space pirate theme, I mean, make them fly in spaceships, and then they steal spaceships. Don't make them fly in like wooden ships in space. It doesn't make any sense. And I think you're like really, <laughs> it's too much of a crossover. It's like you gotta. It's exactly what Katzenberg said. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense aesthetically, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And there's just a lot of things I didn't like about this movie. And I think the writing was pretty weak as well. But I don't know. I think if they just went darker with it or something and maybe tried harder on the character design, I think it could have been a better movie. But Muppet, Muppet Treasure Island is out there, and that's infinitely better than this. So I'd rather go watch that. Mm-hmm. Josh? This movie is so right on the fence for me because the writing is very poor and it's really like a cheesy outcome and uh, plot's meh, but the animation kind of reminds me of Roger Rabbit and I feel like they really went for it and I love Morph. He's like a combination of a Boo and Aladdin, I felt like, and he could turn into anything which is pretty crazy looking at times. When he was mopping, that was hilarious. Yeah, I wish we would have hey. talked. <laughs> hey, Morph, turn turn into a hand. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is Morph like... Like, if you look at the plot holes of this movie, they're probably all about how Morph could have solved all of their problems at all times. Yeah, for sure. But I'll also go back into Deep Spoilers lore and say that Morph was definitely the Jesus character in this movie. Oh. <laughs> Changing Long John Silver over from the dark side is a beautiful thing. Uh, I just wish we knew a little bit more why John Sil- John Silver is the way he is. A cyborg? The way he be. Yeah, or why he has a soft spot for the kid. Yeah, we should have seen some limbs getting ripped off. Seriously. In the end, like I said, it was on the fence, and I remembered that I had given Ice Pirates a yes. So I think <laughs> I'm going to have to give this a yes as well. So both crappy pirate movies get a yes. Huh. Um, I will give this movie a soft yes. Uh, the characters are kind of like you guys said, poorly designed. But I also love the animation in this movie. Uh, it's really, really top notch. And uh. I guess that's honestly the reason why I'm giving a yes. Giving a yes is just because of the animation. Because you feel um, bad for Roy Disney. <laughs> Poor guy. That sounds like a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, Roy Disney? Roy yeah, Disney. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll look for you on LinkedIn, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Pinocchio is probably what I consider to be the best Disney movie ever made, and the animation in that movie was absolutely outstanding. And looking at this movie, so much work went into the animation for this movie. So soft, yes for me. Go Delbert. Go Delbert. Go Delbert. So, <laughs> this was 2002, Pap. A simpler time. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ready for trivia? Yeah. What is the order? Mm-hmm. I'm last. Pappy, Josh, Br- Mikey, Brett. Or no, sorry, Pappy, Mikey, Josh. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Mikey, Me. Pappy, Josh, Brett. <gasps> there we go. It goes Mikey, Pappy? Mikey, Pappy, Josh, yeah. Brett. We all I'm... sound the same to the listener at home, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, Pappy, Josh, Brett. Okay, we are going to do... You miss one, you're out. Um, <laughs> I am going to give you a Disney princess, and you have to tell me where she is from. Ugh. <sighs> What do you mean? Like from what movie or from what country or from city, country, where she lives? Okay. Hometown. Like zip code. It can be a country. It can be a city. California. (laughs) Every time. It can be a city. It can be a country. Anytown, USA. All right, Mikey, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. In Frozen, where do Elsa and Anna live? 
It's not in a real world location, I don't think. Is it just something called Winterstead? <laughs> Winterfell? <laughs> Is Winterstead your final answer? Yeah, I don't know. Mikey, you were out. It was Arendelle. <laughs> he wanted to say, that. like, Norway so bad. <laughs> Pappy? Iceland. Yeah. Where does Snow White take place? Oh. Do they even Jeez. say Germany? I don't know. Correct, Amundo. Germany. Oh, you gotta kid me. Cool. Who's next? Josh. Me. George. Jafar. Where does Jafar. Mulan take place? Highly controversial movie. China. Highly. What'd you say? China. That is correct. Yes. China. China. Brett. Yes. Where does Pocahontas take place? Oh. You should have given him Mulan. <laughs> uh, I mean, can I say the United States? You cannot. Uh, Virginia. It is Virginia. Nice. Back to Pappy? Back to Pappy, yeah. Where does Little Mermaid take place? Atlantis? Happy you're out. Oh. Under the sea. Can you said under the sea? <laughs> could, I have, could I have said under the sea? No. It was oh. Atlantica. Oh, oh. Jesus. Yeah, Close. It's the level Close. in uh, Kingdom Hearts, too. I it is. That. Good Fuck. guess, Pat. The worst level. Josh next? <laughs> yes. Water levels suck. <laughs> Josh, where does Beauty and the Beast take place? In a mansion. Oh, Josh. Hey, guys, stop. The UK? Yeah. In a small provincial town. Uh, it is bonjour. not, Josh. Bonjour. France is France. Does that mean Brett wins? Is it? Yeah, really? it does. Well, you nice. have to prove it, right? No. This is my advantage for being the worst. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want to test Brett's knowledge on this. Brett, where's Vanellope von Schweetz from? I had to ask you, oh, uh, I had to ask you who she was from last time. Um, she from the internet? Nice, Sugar, Sugar Rush. Tiana, where's she from? Uh, Louisiana. Narlins. Where's Merida from? That's... Louisiana. <laughs> Stevie's not going to give Brett any credit. Narlins. <laughs> not the you ask me? Not... <laughs> Where'd you ask me, Stevie? Where's Merida from? Scotland. Nice. And the last one I'll ask you, where is Moana from? <laughs> I love when Brett sings. That's like my new favorite part of the show. <laughs> where the heck is Palomalu from? Uh... It's a made-up place. It's Montanoy. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. So, Brett is our winner. Um, should we kick it over to Spoilers Man so, uh, so he can decide? Yep, I mean, I have it, my movie picked. All right, let's just do it now then. Brett, what you got? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I get crap every time I bring up that my wife picked Donnie Darko. She's like, I did not pick Donnie Darko. So, this time, she picked a movie that we both want to see. I'm pretty sure Stevie loves this movie. We are going to be, and I've never seen it, so we're going to be doing the 2016 If you say Fury Road, I swear to God, I'm quitting the podcast. We're going to be doing the 2016 Shane Black classic, The Nice Guys. Nice. Oh, nice. Why would you quit the podcast if you did your favorite movie, Stevie? I was just kidding, Pep. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to do that. No, I wouldn't do that. It's his to do. But, oh, yeah, wait, wait, whoa. Why would you quit the podcast just because it's your favorite movie? I was just kidding. I just don't want to spoil that movie. I'm with you. I didn't want to spoil... Listen to Josh rip on Dan Aykroyd for an hour and a half during Ghostbusters. I mean, I, I sucked it up. It's a pretty weak montage. But anyway... Thank you for listening to uh, Spoilers and Treasure Planet. Uh, If you haven't seen this movie, go and watch it. And uh, that was Spoilers.
it's basically in the end it's like uh are they gonna choose uh johnny manzel or are they gonna choose uh hard-working white guy quarterback <laughs> that's like <laughs> the end choice in the end and they end up choosing the hard-working white guy quarterback no they chose him the year before that's like the the whole point of the movie, though, is like they're interviewing this Johnny Manziel type character. Yeah, he's a quarterback from Wisconsin. His name's like Bo something. He had some off the field problems. He was like a can't miss guy. And the old crux is he trades up to get the first pick, and he ends up going with the guy he could have gotten at the pick he uh, had. And then he traded all the second round picks away the next three years, and he ends up getting them all back. And another first round pick. Like he just kills it at the end and he gets everybody he wanted. Puff Daddy's in it. 